Friendship power flop. Friendship power flop. Let's go shonen flop. Let's go shonen flop. Welcome to this episode of Shonen Flop, where we talk about manga series and shonen jump that didn't make it big. I'm David. I'm Jordan. And this week, we're talking about high school family, and we're joined by our guest today, Grant. Hello, everybody. That's my name. My name's Grant. Hi. Hey. Grant, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show. I think, though, you go by another name that we might have some listeners that might be familiar with. You might know me from Chip and Ironica's Let's Plays and a lot of other things that I started under that screen name, but have since transitioned into my legal given name. I think you may be the first guest that Jordan like brought onto the show that I actually like knew before they got scheduled to be on Shonen Flop. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to you, Megan Danger. I had no idea who the fuck you were until Jordan said that you were going to be our next guest on the show. Figured, you know what? I'm not going to confuse David with this one. I'll just like, all right, I'll just grab someone he knows. Jesus. Paul McCartney had to bail at the last second, but oh, he really wanted to talk about High School Family with us today and why we're recommending it. <laughs> Paul McCartney uh, exclusively reads in the original Japanese, though. He calls up Yoko Ono when he gets stuck. That's their entire relationship. <laughs> says, Yoko, I fucking hate you, but how do you translate this kanji? <laughs> if we had fan art, Yoko translating manga for Paul McCartney. <laughs> God. Anyway, as I was saying, just to get it out there, we are doing a recommendation episode. It's been a while. People have been asking us to do it. And as we talked about in the Chibi app, we were really just waiting for this perfect series that was a mixture of really great, not super well-known. So we were like, high school family, everyone I've recommended to has loved it. It is just a really unique series that I would say really is unlike anything in Shonen Jump. But I know we'll really dive into it as we go through about why we like this show so much and why we felt like our listeners, you guys, really should give this series a try. I'm interested to get into it because, Grant, you mentioned that you might have differing views on the series, although, like, you still also like it. So I can't wait to start arguing with you. Very loved and supported today. (laughs) We did make sure, though, to properly vet and not make the mistake we made last time of saying, you actually like the series, right, Grant? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. No, High School Family's great. Just as great as our guest on the Mashal episode was when he was like, ah! like a 7 out of 10. We were kind of like, why did you agree to come on to talk about Matchful if you thought it was just okay? (laughs) Everybody loves Chainsaw Man, though. I would, like, not talk to someone if they thought Chainsaw Man was trash. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, are you guys ready to move into manga details? Absolutely. High School Family was created by Nakama Ryo, which is actually his real name, which is kind of a rarity in that we have, like, hard confirmation. Like, there's just a literal picture of him up if you Google his name. Mm-hmm. You could see him walking down the street and be like, oh, that's the High School Family guy. Yeah. <laughs> high School Family guy. <laughs> Lois, I gotta go to high school. Oh, I got accepted too, Peter. Freaking sweet. I'm not joining this bit. <laughs> I'm a conscientious objector. That would actually have been a really great cover art is we could have called it High School Family Guy. <laughs> the cast of High School Family drawn like Family Guy characters. <laughs> yes, David, that is really good. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, I have such a low self-esteem, as you know. I need to take my W's <laughs> where I get them. Oh, it's okay, David. Speaking of W's, the series creator actually had another really popular series, and then it ran for about four years and 16 volumes, Ooh. which would be like way past what we would consider a failure by our metrics, called Izobe Izobi Matsunagari, which is apparently about someone who is a slacker that lives in feudal Japan. Oh boy, my favorite trope in anime when the main character is just like a slacker. Yeah, but this author is competent, so I actually think it's probably enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually true. We can make a fucking cat wearing a jacket. 
Jack the best character in the series. He can do anything. And then this series has been running since September 7th, 2020, and it is currently 37 chapters with one volume, including the chapter that came out today since we record on Sundays. So fingers crossed, it's got probably about another six months to really see if it's going to pull through and become a staple. So we'll see, but it's been a really fun run right now reading it. And for our episode, we read the first 20 chapters. So just a heads up, we might discuss things past that, but there shouldn't be any, I mean, by the nature of the series, it's not really spoilers to talk about. It's not like Chainsaw Man. You know, if you want to just pivot the show to just being a Chainsaw Man fan cast, that avenue is still open to you. You don't have to talk about all these other books. We fucking might do it. We did that in our Phantom Seer episode. Yeah. Where we were like, fuck, let's just talk about Great Chainsaw Man. It's because we hated Phantom Seer so much. (laughs) (laughs) It is true. I feel like every time we're not sure what to talk about, we do just pivot to Chainsaw Man. It is absolutely something that I have thought about and kind of worried about. But you know what? That's for another time. If we ever made shirts, one of the first shirts I want to get is a shirt that says, I really wish I was reading Chainsaw Man right now. (laughs) Fits our show, yeah. Fortunately, not every manga can be Chainsaw Man. The High School Family is pretty great. I'm pretty sure only one of them is, is the thing. Any given manga, it's incredibly unlikely that one is Chainsaw Man. I mean, statistically, yeah, I guess you're right, but like... Anyway, we're getting a little off topic, so why don't we get back on topic and talk about the manga itself, where, Jordan, you're going to read the very difficult-to-have-written plot summary for a manga that doesn't really have a plot, because the manga was like, let's add a real plot about ten chapters after where we stopped. It's cool, I I wrote a plot to a sitcom. Kotaro Ayatani is starting his first day of Metropolitan Happy High School, only to discover that his father Ichiro, his little sister Haruka, his mother Shizuka, and their cat Gomez are going with him despite his many protests. In spite of Kotaro's hopes to remain in the shadows and live a normal high school life, he has attention brought to him by his family's behavior. Kotaro's dad is in amazing shape for his age and joins the volleyball team. His mom makes weird gelatin snacks for the class and becomes friends with Kotaro's crush, via having gone to middle school with her mother, and his little sister wants to be a cool teen girl despite being eight years old, and Gomez is Gomez. Together, the family struggles to make their way through the confusing world of high school, and Kotaro struggles to find independence. High School Family is filmed in front of a live studio audience in Burbank, California. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, that was really good. Damn it, I'm gonna have to step my game up. I'll actually have to be funny this episode. Oh, that's okay. We brought we brought Grant on here so he could be funny and we didn't have to. God damn it. Now I have to be funny in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we should just have like a Shonen Flop All-Stars where when we go at break, who would you pick if we had to have like three people do an episode without us on it, Jordan? Number one, Chainsaw Man. Yeah, yeah. We'd have you guys read Chainsaw Man. That would be what it's about, yeah. It would be funny if we just, uh, we were just like, hey guys, we got three different people, we told them each that we were recording with them, and then when they go (laughs) to start it, we're not there, and it's just three people, and they have to record the podcast. If Grant was one of them, I would probably do Megan, Grant, and Alex Patak. That would be pretty cool. Jordan's like, damn, all right, he, damn. We don't know yet, Grant, you you still gotta (laughs) prove that you're your best guest material, all-star guest material. I'm just so starstruck. Listen, I saw your YouTube videos when I was 14, man. (laughs) I came here to talk about a comedy strip in Shonen uh, a Jump, and instead I'm I'm being matchmade. I have a wife and child. The child is a shih tzu, but she still counts. (laughs) So do I. Just it's a shit, not a shih tzu. Oh, I don't have kids. (laughs) Rachel, my lovely girlfriend, if you're listening, I do not have wife and kids. Despite my allusions to it, just to be clear. 
made a joke about being divorced once and she legitimately thought I was divorced once. And I don't know if she <laughs> realized I was kidding still to this point. Jordan, why don't you, as the straight man of Shonen Flop, why don't you tell us about the straight man of High School Family, Aitani Kotaro. Ayatani Kotoro, he is the only person who really should be attending <laughs> high school. All his friends went to different high schools. So basically that means the only people in high school that he actually knows is his family that he is trying to stay away from. And, you know, it, it creates a lot of issues because, like, he doesn't want to hang out with his mom and dad. Yeah, it's like a real shame. Like, they show, like, a moment where his friends all went to a different high school than him, which is really sad. Poor guy, you know? He has a crush on the daughter of one of his mom's friends, as we described in the description. So that's, like, one of the kind of the plot hooks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a lot more to say about the other characters, partly because Kotaro is, like, by design, not that, like... Yeah, he's meant to represent what a normal person in his situation would act. He's reactive rather than proactive, yeah. I mean, it's good to balance the series out by having characters like that, though, to be honest. I think it works for this series. You're supposed to kind of put yourself in his shoes and stuff like that. Kramer's not the title character. Yeah. <laughs> you could not have a sitcom where everyone was Kramer. That would be interesting. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I saw Kramer versus Kramer. And it just wasn't that funny. <laughs> that might have been the best joke I've ever told on Shonen Flop. <laughs> okay. And then Grant, though, as the most fatherly person, <laughs> as far as I'm aware, can you tell us about the father himself? His name is uh, Ichiro. He is the dad. He's very much a dad. <laughs> he left his life as a dedicated salary man to go back to high school because he never did as a young man. And so now he's high schooling as hard as he can while also fulfilling his, his you know, patriarchal duty to the family. He becomes a bit of a sports star and he is just madly enthusiastic about just the idea of the high school life. <laughs> he definitely has like the goofiest face besides Gomez. Oh yes. Oh yes. There's like almost an uncanny valley aspect to his face. <laughs> Something I did want to point out, and we haven't mentioned yet, for those who aren't super aware of, like, how the Japanese school system works, you have to, like, get into high school by passing an entrance exam. And the way that this series functions is that the parents previously did not get into high school. For them, this is, like, um, almost a wish fulfillment or going back to live a life that they were unable to live the first time. And it's really interesting, and I think they dive in a little bit more further on the series of how the circumstances of how the dad wasn't able to attend but yeah he's great he's super hardworking. he seems like a really great dad he's also extremely fit like they show him without a shirt and he has like a six-pack <laughs> he's like ned flanders on the simpsons where when he takes his shirt off he's just like completely ripped and you can see how he just dominates every single sport he plays there is sort of a ned flanders aspect to him now that you mention it actually <laughs> hi diddly ho there neighbor you know we're going to high school together <laughs> Is there anything else you guys want to say about the dad? He's very nurturing to some of the kids in the class. What is that line he says at the start of the series that you just really love that he said, Jordan? He's like, Kotaro, today your dad starts high school. <laughs> and then there's just one part where he just he's just laying on the bed, just going like, man, high school. Wow, I wonder what it's like. His <laughs> 45-year-old dad. <laughs> In contrast to the dad is his sister, uh, Hiruka, academically the smartest member of the family. So she tested into high school just because she's a super genius. She's eight years old and she really wants to try and fit in. Like she tries to wear makeup to make herself look like she's like 14 or 15, even though she still has the body of an eight year old. And there's a lot of interesting things that they play around with a little bit. I'm hoping to see more of it in the series where they really show her how she's got to mature faster than everyone else. Like there's a part where she stops bathing with her dad, even though it's like normal for an eight year old. 
I assume because I don't have an eight year old. <laughs> Grant, is it normal? My dog just turned five. I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. But yeah, so stuff like that. <laughs> I do wonder how the series is going to play up that like her learning more. Like, are they uh, going to go in that area of like talking about boys and like growing up and all that stuff, but she's still eight and it'll add this interesting contrast or will it be more like she will continue to just primarily have her friends be the younger siblings of the people she's in high school with, where we saw played around with, with another character we'll talk about at the end, who's probably the only character that's not in the family that really reoccurs a lot. Haruka kicks ass. She's this little like defiant eight-year-old girl at some points tries to be like a, a tough high schooler kid yeah but she's still eight she like puts on all this makeup to try and like look cool but she just when she's talking to the older girls she's just like oh yeah I, I like makeup and then she just lists off all the makeup that she had memorized from like a fashion magazine they even say like she did a great job actually applying her own makeup because she like did all the research <laughs> and stuff even though she's an eight-year-old wearing the makeup of like a teenager <laughs> And then she collapses from exhaustion because she was up all night studying. She was dead tired. The last human member of the family. <laughs> Why don't you, Jordan, tell us about the mom? Okay. <laughs> She's Ika Ayatani. She is Kotaro's mom. She's great. She was unable to go to high school like the dad. Her thing is she wants to try a lot of new things. And the first thing she does when she shows up to high school in their class is she bakes a... She bakes. She makes a bunch of gelatin cups with the faces of the classmates in the class on them. Like, she looked them up beforehand so she could do this. And it kind of creeps everyone out, but she's, like, so nice that they, they kind of just look past it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, everyone in this series is just very wholesome and sweet. I do really like the mom. But perhaps, above all, is Gomez. And does anyone really passionately want to talk about Gomez? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Gomez is just a cat, but his face is a bad drawing of an anime person. It is a human anime face on a big old oval of a, of a head that I'm told is a cat's head. I'm not entirely convinced. <laughs> The head is not a cat's head. The body might be a cat's body. Sometimes. <laughs> it's just an oval with two ears and <laughs> like an anime face and like a weird looking nose. It's like a child's drawing on a cat. <laughs> I just love though my favorite thing about Gomez is everyone knows Gomez is a cat. They don't do like that dumb like cliche in like kids cartoons where they're like, oh, he's just, you know, he's Italian and that's why he's extra hairy. And wow, that was really kind of racist against Italians. But you guys know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> my manager's Italian. I hope he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> I ate spaghetti for lunch. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, so I just really love that they know he's a cat. For some reason, still make him in charge of the goldfish in the classroom. And he tries to eat the goldfish and they have to stop him from <laughs> eating the fish. Yeah. The main purpose of Gomez in this series is that every now and then the panel will just focus on him or he'll be just in the background of a panel looking bizarre. Yes. My favorite thing is how like one of the chapters, like I think the chapter is just called Gomez's smile because when Gomez smiles with his eyes closed, it means he has to poop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One thing also I noticed is there's actually one instance of Gomez's internal thoughts being expressed to the viewer or the reader, which I thought was really interesting. When uh, the dad is offering to mentor someone and Gomez says, hey, I hope you enjoy spending time with my dad. And it was just like a really wholesome thing. I think you misinterpreted that. Think that that's supposed to be coming from Kataro, who is holding Gomez, David. All right, let me check the records. <laughs> Dude, that is definitely coming from Gomez. Nishi, you can have him as your dad just for today. Take good care of him. Okay. We'll post it in the Gomez channel in our okay. Discord and see what people think. I, uh, you know what? <laughs> I believe you. All right. 
Listener, if you want, we have a, by request, a Gomez channel where you can only see it if you've been given the Gomez role. Otherwise, you can't see this Gomez channel where we just post Gomez images and that's it. Is that what an NFT is? I'm still not clear. Yes. The F stands for family. Okay. All right. (laughs) And the T stands for Gomez. (laughs) I always stand for Gomez. I salute for Gomez. And then the final character I wanted to talk about was Hanazawa Makito, which is the only character that really shows up multiple times. He has a scary face and he has a younger sister who has the exact same like scary face. <laughs> so their face is like shaded to look like really intimidating. So you see like an eight year old girl with like this really tough face. <laughs> and he's like, isn't my sister cute? And the main character is like, uh, sure. And she's really good friends with his sister. So that's really how he keeps in the loop. And that's that element I'm talking about where his sister, because she's eight and she can't really be friends with these 15 or 16 year olds. She instead befriends their siblings, which I think is a really great direction to take that character while still keeping her relevant to the main plot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's also just a very sweet guy, you know? Yeah. The thing that you learn about Mule is he's not only going to high school, he's holding down like eight different part-time jobs at the same time. Yeah, he works at like a crepe shop and like a store. It's like absolutely insane because he has to feed uh, his sister and take care of her, which is very wholesome. Yeah. Having a part-time job as a high schooler is in itself kind of looked down upon in Japan. So that's like another aspect of his character that I think um, adds context to it. Why don't we go into what this series doesn't do very well? Because, you know, not every series except for Chainsaw Man is flawless. Grant, why don't you take us away with some things that you're hoping this series will do moving forward to kind of improve itself? One of the things that I disagree with you on is that I think the first chapter is actually bad. Really? Bad might be overstating it, but when I read the first chapter and after finishing and seeing you like gush about it, I'm like, I'm going to reread it. And it did not change my initial impression. Which is that it just states the the premise of the story over and over again. The only joke is the repetition and also the first look at Gomez. All our main character does is react with incredulity. His father's repeated insistence that, you know, he's going to high school and then every family member in turn. And like, if this was some sort of adaptation, I could see an actor breathing life into that and turning the repetition into a better joke. But on the page, just flat like that, I don't think it's a good introduction and i think it might turn people off from what develops into a really fun and funny and like you said heartwarming story about a high school family that is fair i've actually seen other people on the discord say they really didn't like the first chapter so i appreciate you going through it when would you say is really like you started seeing this series the way we did then I want to say the fourth chapter or so on, and these are just bite-sized popcorn chapters, so that's not very deep at all. But like once they are in the school setting, you know, the, the first chapter is acceptance, the second one is assembly, and the third chapter is just an argument breaks out inside their homeroom class about whether it's weird or not that there's a whole family in their homeroom class. <laughs> But once it gets past that like introductory groundwork, I think, and then you're following sort of a round of chapters, each one focused on a different member of the family, that's where it really starts to, to win me over and like, oh yeah, I dig this. This is good stuff. Because you're right, it is like repeating like the same joke a few times. But the joke to me is just the way these characters are drawn is so <laughs> funny to me. Like the dad's face is hilarious. And then when the little sister shows up all defiant to say like she's a part of high school too. She just looks so like strong and confident and stoic and stuff. It just cracks me up. <laughs> <laughs> she reminds me of DW from Arthur in a lot of ways. As opposed to the DW on the show. That is my initials. Oh, yeah. 
It's Crisis on Infinite uh, DW. Yes, yes. <laughs> There's going to be a picture of me just holding DW screaming. Now airing on the DW network. They rebranded the CW just for this special. You got it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. And then, though, Jordan, though, what were some things about the series you actually didn't like? It drags a little. I read it, and then it doesn't make me keep reading. I think one of the problems is, is that it does have a plot and starts gaining more of a plot is because of the magazine it's in. I feel like readers expect there to always be plot progression. Right, right. Like, Matsuma Security had the same issue where it really had no need for a plot, but it needed to have something. Mashal had no plot for, like, its first 15 chapters, and then this thing happened, and then they were like, oh, now we have to introduce a plot. Okay. Yeah, so what happened with Mashal is the guy kind of, I think, thought he was going to get canceled at any time, and then he found out he was, like, one of, like, the 10, like, biggest series in Shonen Jump, and he's like, ah, fuck, I'm here for keeps. I actually have to plan out what I'm going to do for, like, the next, like, six months. (laughs) So he added a plot to the series. This seems to exist as an amuse-bouche as you go from different flavors of boys punching each other with magic as you go through any given issue of jump so it doesn't really need a plot but i can understand people in that demographic wanting a hook to pull them forward yeah and getting back into high school family it does get a legitimately like concrete plot in a few different directions and i won't say it's hindered at all by that which so it's exciting that they've kind of found a good way to weave a plot into this series without causing issues oh that's good i haven't read past chapter 20 oh man i I envy you guys you're the only one here who knows the full plot of High School Family. David is the High School Family lore master. Yes, I know all of the High School Family lore. It's the Dark Souls of Gag Mega. <laughs> that means you guys haven't seen the best Gomez shot in the entire series, which I told you about, Jordan. And great, I can tell you too, but I don't know if you want me to spoil it for you. It's a, just a visual. You're going to describe to me what a funny cat looks like. You're, you're just reading Garfield comics yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> Garfunkel. <laughs> I'll just say no. So there is a shot, I forget the context of it, but it's of Gomez. And Gomez has rolled up his sleeves and he is sitting at his desk with his like paw on his face like how a person would sit. And it was the funniest picture of Gomez <laughs> I've ever seen in the entire series. Because how did he roll up his sleeves? He's a cat. <laughs> I love Gomez. Though, as much as I love Gomez, though, I legitimately think the most like real feedback I have for this series is I think that the mom Shizuka is definitely the most underused in the character. Like when thinking of details, there's just not a lot of personality or plot like the brother is the straight man the dad is the funny he has all this volleyball stuff he has this going back to work mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. her sister has that how is she ate in college gomez is gomez but what does the mom really have she's nice she's plot development for the characters to be friends with the other high schoolers moms but she doesn't have any actual plot like even where i am now nothing has really happened with her that is any different than in these first 20 chapters while everyone else has had like their own side stories i will say that she does have a thing But I agree that her thing is uh, something that pushes her to the background and is something that more work could be put in to overcome and and have her share in a more equal part of the family spotlight. You're right. It's like she doesn't have that much to do a lot of the time. I love the gelatin cups. (laughs) Those gelatin cups ain't making themselves, okay? Those were pretty great. And then she busted out some weird English thing that I had to look up that was like a combination of like bread and butter or something (laughs) she makes uh uh, literally the world's fattiest pastry yes that's literally what it says when you look it up the fattest pastry in all of europe (laughs) it literally comes from the from the words for cake and butter (laughs) (laughs) 
I remember my girlfriend made this pastry that my friend Tom recommended, and it's just butter, sugar, chocolate. I ate a slice, like maybe like like a small sliver of it, because you cut it into eight pieces and it makes like a ten inch cake. And I ate it, and I checked, and I was like, oh fuck, that slice was like seven hundred <laughs> calories. And my girlfriend threw out the cake because the entire remainder of the cake was like three thousand calories, and she was afraid to eat more of it. <laughs> Okay, did you guys have any other negatives that you guys want to talk about? Because I just, I honestly, anything bad is just nitpicking for this series, besides really the mom. I don't have too much to say. I actually like the art more than you, I think. Yeah, oh, that was true. The art is definitely an acquired taste. Like, we've talked about the artist knows what he's doing, but it's so atypical compared to anything else. Like, Mora King is a gag series very similar, but it has, like, a more traditional art style, so you don't have that hurdle. But here, like, you look at Gomez, and, you know, if you don't understand Gomez, you're like, what the fuck is wrong with this cat? yeah yeah see i've got the art in my what it did well category of course i'm just saying it is definitely the series is by far an acquired taste (laughs) you know what else is an acquired taste wine caviar good things for sophisticated people speaking of uh do you guys want to fully shift to what it did well and we can start praising things like what we like i'm already ahead of you you gotta catch up to me oh fuck (laughs) fucking smooth transition you got struck by you got struck by a smooth transition so great you were saying about the art it conveys mood character humor the rare action moments almost entirely sports-based they're dynamic the action is clear perspective and proportion are maintained just because it doesn't look polished doesn't mean it's bad it succeeds on everything the art needs to do oh my god thank you so much and as you get through the the 20 chapters that we're talking about here today it actually gets more polished as it goes like gomez has prettier dewier eyes uh, towards chapter 20 than he does in the first handful Also, there are, like, a bunch of shots, uh, including of Gomez, where the perspective is actually surprisingly accurate. Like, the author absolutely is very talented and knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. I think it's telling that the cat and the dad are the ones that look weirdest, because they're the ones most out of place. (laughs) Yeah, the dad is supposed to look out of place. He's a 45-year-old high school student. I mean, it's not traditionally how anime and manga look, but... In the tradition of comics, there are a lot of comics that look like this. There's a lot of comics that look far rougher than this and still have great art. And to pick out a pin that I set earlier, something I really love is that each character takes the one joke of being out of place in high school and really runs with it in their own direction. The dad wants to do high school the hardest. And the little sister wants to do high school the best. And I think something that is part of what pushes the mom into the background is that she wants to do high school properly. Yep. I think that is, you know, her her hook. And uh, you, you see it in ways like nobody is going to uh, volunteer to be the model in their figure drawing class until she does because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> This guy absolutely has been to a ton of art classes. And you can tell just from the fact that the teacher was talking about, oh, you made an impressionist drawing. And the drawing did look like an impressionist drawing. (laughs) By accident. (laughs) I did think the art in that one is particularly impressive, not like visually impressive, like, oh, that looks cool. But in the storytelling sense that every uh, picture we see is distinct, but all drawn within the high school family style. (laughs) 
which was great. <laughs> I loved that. They're distinct, but not jarringly so. Like, it's all different styles of art represented within one style of art. And keeping them with that distinction had to be sort of a, a tricky tightrope to walk along. So Kataro draws his mom in an accidentally impressionist style. And I've been <laughs> racking my brain trying to figure out which impressionist artist uh, the artist was specifically copying, because there is one that he's doing it with. Oh, it's going to drive me insane. I'm going to figure out what it is a week in a week. Speaking of the art, the show art is so good as show don't tell. Like, every single joke, just <laughs> Gomez, like, no one ever is like, Gomez looks so weird. He just draws a weird cat and it carries itself. <laughs> or like in the first chapter, I know, Grant, you don't really appreciate it, but I still like how the mom shows that he got into high school and not by saying anything she just flashes her acceptance letter and that tells all the joke you need mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this series could have been so bad if the writer didn't have so much faith in his artwork yeah i loved um in the art one gomez is just standing on top of a canvas <laughs> and it just says gomez doesn't seem to get what's going on this could have been a very different series if it looked at the one joke in slightly differently, but instead it keeps everyone very true to the themselves. We've mentioned the chapter about the sister forcing herself to grow up, and there's a lot of good jokes in it, but it's also heartbreaking. Everybody can remember what that's like, I think, mm -hmm. you know? There is a version where the joke is that she just is naturally precocious, and she fits in high school despite being eight, but you can have a joke and also your, your drama too by not making that the case. Yeah, and I feel like it would also be very easy to just make all of the uh, other high schoolers hate the family. Yeah, but they win them over. Yeah. It's a point of contention, certainly, especially on their first day. Yeah, and like Haruka, when she's talking to these girls, they don't hate her. Like teen girls, like why would they hate an eight-year-old girl? That's like too mean, especially for this kind of show, this kind of manga. I'm doing it, whatever. But I also really loved in that where uh, they're talking about boys she had, they had crushes on and she's just like, yeah, like you remember this kid from like first grade? And they're like, no, why would we know that? She's like, can you believe he was eating boogers and he didn't even think they tasted good? <laughs> yeah, why do that, man? Ultimately, here's the thing I think I love the most about the series is that it is such low stakes and everyone is wholesome. This is just something nice to read. It's like a palate cleanser this is a legitimately wholesome, healthy family. This is a husband and wife that care about each other. This is a brother and sister that care about each other. Sure, they fight, but that's what siblings do. They love each other so much. You know, a cat will stand up and, you know, put a shirt on sometimes. It's just life. And it's just <laughs> so nice to read something that is realistic <laughs> and low stakes. The world is not ending. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing if they canceled it, is that that would leave such a hole in what you could read in Shonen Jump. And that's why you had series like Marking. That's why you had series like to uh, not Tokyo. Not Tokyo Shinobi, Shinobi Squad, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> You had not reading Tokyo Shinobi Squad. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Sorry, that's why you have Moriking. That's why you had Matsuma Security Spirit Busters. The best works of art show you the best of human society and the worst. The full breadth of human emotions. We have both love and hate. Yeah. <laughs> we have deep family bonds and bigotry. Everything has a home. <laughs> But no, I, I absolutely agree. This has gone from a fun premise to an actual funny book. But like, you know, this is great. That moment was the end of the Gomez's smile chapter when the whole family is admitting to pooping in the principal's office to cover for Gomez. <laughs> and Gomez just is smiling. That's probably the single best moment in the 20 chapters we read. <laughs> and when Kotaro raises his hand as well, 
sheepishly at first, but he like finally buys in to to like join his bizarre weird ass family. They join Gomez in like a Spartacus sense, you know. <laughs> I am Spartacus. <laughs> I am Shardikins. I fucking love that chapter. The last panel is one of the funniest panels I've ever seen. I just keep looking at it and it just keeps making me laugh. It's just like, oh, the principal's office smells like our bathroom. And they're all like very like, oh, wow. Huh. We figured out the mystery of why the cat poops here. That's nice. Oh, wait, it's actually kind of disconcerting and weird to think about now. One other note, I, I think that the cast develops at a very good pace. We mentioned Mule at the front, the, the guy who you think is a severe bully, but is actually a sweetheart who is keeping the entire town's economy afloat. But, I mean, his sister recurs a few times in just the chapters we read. Our main kid's friend, who is this, the class librarian, his crush, the tennis team. There's inklings that they could become a more regular part of the cast. And the speed at which they, they're introduced and then reintroduced just is right you know it hits the goldilocks zone basically yeah you get these characters introduced and they don't even like outright say like there isn't a moment where kataro meets nishi where he's like ah oh, finally i have a friend at this school it's just like you notice as you're reading it oh he has a friend that's nice if i remember right like there's even a point after he meets nishi where he talks about how he has no friends yeah like <laughs> we see them become acquaintances <laughs> And he still thinks he doesn't have friends, and then it's clear he has at least one good friend. I like that, because that's also, I feel very realistic, you know? When you're a teenager, you often catastrophize, you know? You're like, oh, well, nobody likes me. I'm completely alone. I'm gonna go hang out with my best friend and talk about how alone I feel. <laughs> that rung true for me. The cast even seems to be set up long term, whether intentionally or not. But like when I was rereading the early chapters, one of the classmates who gets in the big argument about whether it's weird or not that there is a whole nuclear family in their homeroom, that design, whether because it's intended to be or just a recycled design, that student comes back later as the class president when they're all in the chapter about how everybody needs a job in the class. <laughs> I love the class president. She's trying so hard to like do her job and give everyone a job and keep everything in line. And it's like when we see her come back, it has made her upset to the point where she's like crying a little bit. And then Kataro's mom just gets up and it's like, oh, sweetie, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that you needed this help. And she's just very nurturing. <laughs> then the class president is like, wait a minute. You're not my mom. What? Yeah. <laughs> no I just want to bring up again how much I love Gomez I would get a Gomez tattoo if this episode gets 10,000 listens I'll get a Gomez tattoo <laughs> yeah we're talking about Gomez today how would you know if the tattoo artist drew it properly so that's the thing would you go to someone who's not a good tattoo artist because that's part of the appeal <laughs> they just give you a cat like a good looking cat or do you need someone who's like <laughs> so good they can master the art of drawing a really shit cat <laughs> God, I, I want to find an artist who can do Gomez in the most creepily uncanny way, uncanny valley way they possibly can. What is this bullshit? This looks like a cute cat. <laughs> yes, the most grotesque drawing possible. I know what you look like. I have to teach you about what a grotesque is, David, okay? I thought it was that really hard to kill thing in Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, I set myself up for that one. I deserve that. <laughs> I legitimately sat through a um, a lecture in art school about 
grotesque and the grotesque in art and what it is. And according to this guy, a grotesque is when you have two things that do not go together and yet cannot exist without each other. For instance, Gomez is a child's cat drawing of a head does not go with the semi-realistic body of a cat. And yet Gomez could not exist without those. Oh, I thought when you said it was two things that don't go together but need to, I was thinking grotesticles. <laughs> Sounds like a good name for a, like a new metal band. <laughs> so as much as we love talking about this series, we do ultimately have to shift topics. So let's move into where we hope this series does moving forward. I'll lead this off. I don't know if this could be a sequel series or just like the last chapter, but I have in my head that they go through the three years of high school. They graduate. Everyone in his family reveals they're going to different colleges. Aww. And as our lives change from whatever. <laughs> so though, as we go, though, we see um, Katero first day in college and sitting in his classroom is not his parents, <laughs> but all of his grandparents as as senior God. citizen students. <laughs> that would be a good final joke. The last panel. See, I want them to keep the series going by just doubling down hard. Like, yeah, grandpa in high school. They have a new baby, newborn sibling in high school. <laughs> Houseplant in high school. Why not? Let's go. The family ficus is now in math class. You can't stop the ficus. Let's be real. A bad series would definitely do that. Gomez has kids and his kittens go. Ugly kittens. That's great. And all the kids also have weirdly specific Hispanic names. So he's got like Isabel and Jose. <laughs> Their heads are all different basic shapes. Oh, Gomez's girlfriend will definitely have a square head. I would agree. That makes the most sense. I mean, I would love to see the mom get more to do. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, it would be kind of interesting if like there was like a main arc around the mom finding what she wants to do. Uh, with her, it, it seems like she really is trying to try a bunch of new things and find what she's good at. The reason why she goes into to, she models for the art class isn't just because it's the right thing to do it is also because it's important to try every new thing that you can maybe the reason we want there to be more mom focus is because the chapters that are about her are so good <laughs> yeah she's just kind of a very lovable character who's very sweet and the way that she interacts with the people around her is great i completely agree I would love for that to even be, like, the main arc of the series. Yeah, I would just love to see, like, Gomez get, like, a chapter to himself. And I feel like Gomez will end up becoming high school president. Would you vote for anyone else? Like, <laughs> No, who else but Gomez? It's the name of the spinoff series. And the sisters of VP. A high school election between Gomez and the sister, is that what you just said? <laughs> that would be a great arc. Yeah, yeah. sure. Oh, we're gonna tear this family apart. I do hope that Gomez continues his education after graduating from high school. Yeah, he's going to go to veterinary school. He'd be very good at working with animals. <laughs> eat, eat them, though. Maybe that fish needed CPR. We don't know. Yeah. The last thing I would like to see, in my opinion, is I actually feel like the series actually doesn't have a lot of like running gags or long-term jokes where a lot of the setup and punchline is in the same jokes. Sure, sometimes you have stuff like, oh, Gomez looks funny and like, oh, the dad is old, but that's more been like character elements rather than being like a joke that is like drawn on. And I know that can be a weakness if it only has so many jokes, but the series has so much good material. It's just kind of weird. There's like no recurring humor mm -hmm. in it. Yeah. You did point it out that Gomez is a running gag. That is what Gomez is. And it's an amazing running gag. Yeah, it's true. But that's like the entire point of the character is just that Gomez looks funny and he's just a literal cat <laughs> in high school. Yeah. 
I really like the part where they're trying to learn English in the last chapter and Gomez says meow in brackets, indicating that he's saying meow in English. <laughs> that's true. And so Grant, why don't you lead us off with what is a miscellaneous thought that's been on your mind? Okay, so you mentioned chapter 20, the, the one where they're studying their English and uh, the parents having not studied English have that many more years of like linguistic inertia to overcome in their pronunciation. Mm -hmm. So there's a my wife joke. <laughs> I noticed that. <laughs> I just want to let people know it exists. He says my waifu. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know if it was intentional, but a part of me thinks it was. Guy just found a way to have his characters shout my wife in heavily accented English. <laughs> <laughs> the translator definitely added that on purpose. <laughs> I remember doing like a double take when I saw that. My waifu. <laughs> I also really like in that uh, chapter, I, I think that the English teacher is supposed to be like European and she looks worse than all the Japanese characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very subtle, aren't they? Yeah. In the cheap episode, I want to say I really appreciate that they did a family photo as one of like the three color pages the series gets. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really cute. And now you know what everyone looks like. I also feel like this series is if the dude who made Perry Bible Fellowship made a manga. This isn't dark enough for Perry Bible Fellowship. Not yet. You haven't read past chapter 20. Oh shit, this goes into Evangelion. <laughs> <laughs> You're just at a beach and there's just Gomez everywhere. <laughs> and I wish I could turn back time and start playing in the background. <laughs> sung by the dad in really broken english <laughs> he would just punch the mass production evas like he is so powerful dude he has like an eight pack is like a 45 year old <laughs> he would tell gendo ikari what the deal is okay he would show him what's for that's true they would have a lot of very uh, uh useful parenting advice throughout the, the events Kataro's parents would single-handedly completely change and improve shinji's life just by praising him like three times <laughs> Shinji, you're in high school now. You gotta get in the dang robot. <laughs> They're so supportive, they would change Bobby Hill's life, and that dude is never wanted for support. <laughs> is it time for me to mention my signed Bobby Hill photo I have on my nightstand? <laughs> One of our guests, Dan Harrison, his aunt voiced Bobby Hill. Aww. So I ran into her by chance. Just, it was like, oh yeah, it just never came up that my aunt is like this famous comedian. Did she say that she does not know you? Uh, yeah, she did. And that, that's her purse. Okay. <laughs> but that was the only miscellaneous thoughts. It's just so woven into what we enjoy about the series. It's just like the weird things. I mean, my miscellaneous thoughts are just Gomez. Just different various fucking poses that Gomez is in that are insane. And not for this episode, but just in your life. Your miscellaneous thoughts are Gomez. Oh, I can assure you those absolutely have been my miscellaneous thoughts since reading the series. I love Gomez trying to do sit-ups. He can't because he's a kitty cat. <laughs> I like Gomez looking at the fishbowl in like a bizarre pose that, again, no cat has ever done. He's doing a little yoga. I wanted to say the yoga pose. I forgot what pose it was. Sun salutation? Oh. Is that the one? Is there a cat pose? Because I'm pretty sure he's doing that. No, that would make too much sense, David. He's doing a way weirder one. I'm going to have a photo of Gomez and put it up on my wall in my new apartment when I move next week. That'll be Jordan's housewarming present. He's going to send me a framed photo of Gomez. Yes, writing that down. Okay, get a frame copy. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> now that we've really gotten our art of thoughts out of the way, let's get into it though with the final verdict. Grant, I know you said you wrote a few, so would you like to lead us off with yours? And then uh, we tell us which one of the three that you like the most? 
I think the, the most applicable six-word summary I have is family bonding time in first period. I like it. A step up in, like, conceptual ladder. The reason it's called homeroom. Oh, that's great. And six-word summary for what people really want out of this. The cat ate his own homework. <laughs> I'll go next just because mine's related in that. I uh, took the creative decision of taking my power word from the chibi. My summary for high school family was Gomez, 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 Gomez. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Thank you. Thank you. I put a lot of effort into it. And then how about you, Jordan? Mine is high school should be for everyone. Because as I mentioned in like the chibi episode, there is like a minor political implication here. The way it is in Japan is these are people who did want to go to high school. Due to the way that Japanese society is structured, they were simply not able to. And it is much the same way how we talk about college, except it's just an additional barrier there. There is something very heartwarming about all these people who they weren't able to do this when they are were supposed to do it but now that they're older they're able to approach it and kind of relive these years that they had previously lost i really like that even though it means that this family now has no income dad quit his job i guess mule is now supporting them yeah. too <laughs> i will say in the later chapters they go into the details and the dad like explicitly says he like saved up like a year well Let's see what happens, you know, leave it, leaving it open for conflict in the future, you know? <laughs> he does know high school is longer than one year, though, right? You don't want to tie up every loose end, then there's nowhere to go. Okay. Since this is a recommendation episode, we don't have to do flop or not. Grant, what would you say is, like, your favorite anime or manga, or if you're not super familiar, just, like, something you really enjoy, and how would you say it compares to High School Family? This is the sort of thing that I don't really seek out, you know? How do you compare this to, like, the Tatami Galaxy, right? Like, <laughs> there's nothing really in common, but for what it is, for a gag strip with a lot of heart, it is absolutely that, you know, tens across the board, both for gags and heart, so... How does it compare to 50 Cent Blood on the Sand? A lot less blood. Also a lot less sand. Only a little bit in the principal's office, and that's for Gomez. <laughs> His office smells like their bathroom. <laughs> I love that fucking panel so much. Oh my god. And then how about you, Jordan? How would you say this compares to Chainsaw Man? Chainsaw Man. <laughs> what if in Chainsaw Man, uh, Puchita looked like Gomez? Nah. I appreciate that Puchita is unironically really adorable. Well... I would say it is the better than One Piece. Moving on. Wow, that's a hot take. Imagine if this went for as many chapters as One Piece. <laughs> Can you imagine a thousand chapters of Gomez? By the end, all the panels are just different shots of Gomez. <laughs> Gomez is going to get his own spinoff called It's Gomez. I would read it. Yeah. Gomez as like a, a hard-boiled uh, private eye in the city. <laughs> Detective Gomez. People come to him to solve crimes and or to solve issues and he just acts like Gomez. Gomez graduates from high school and he enrolls into police academy. <laughs> and he's still a cat. He can meow in English and Japanese. He's bilingual. That's a valuable skill. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously comparing it to Chainsaw Man is a joke. Not even remotely comparable. I just really enjoy this series, you know? It's definitely not the best series I've ever read, but it's really kind of the apex of this kind of like Shonen Jump gag manga, where I would say I definitely enjoyed this more than Mora King and uh, Matsuma Security. That's a good thing to compare them to, actually. And it seems to have outlived them, so there. <laughs> Matsuma Security went to like 45 or 50 chapters, so this still has another two or three months before running longer than them, unfortunately. Okay, all right, not yet. Mizana Security must 
really must have been even better than I remembered it because I do not remember it being that long. That's because all the chapters just went so fast. It definitely felt shorter than Phantom Seer, I can say. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. I think that this has more legs than Mora King, which is ironic because the things in Mora King typically have more legs than human beings, but whatever. I agree this one has outlived them and I think it deserves to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm completely with you. And for the record too, Matsuma Security was 47 plus one chapters. It does make me curious about the, the author's previous work, that gag manga about feudal Japan. There's got to be something in there to make it run 16 volumes. If he's got this similar level of humor in there, there probably is. I would love to check that out after this, actually. Now let's just move to shoutouts. So I want to start by giving props to Jordan for making the awesome opening and ending theme and being a great co-host. I want to give props to Illuminati. She is our new artist. So here's the thing. I asked her how she wanted to be credited, and she sent me a bunch of emojis. So I don't know <laughs> what to interpret that as. Okay, I need you to voice the emojis. I need you to, to make some sort of, like, you watch anime, every emotion has a noise. <laughs> so this is what I said. I said, we're going to record on Sunday. Please let me know how you'd like to be thanked on the show. And she sent me frowny face, colon, apostrophe, 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 W, apostrophe, circle, <laughs> frowny face, but facing the other direction. This is the best our podcast has ever been. Hmm. <laughs> And then I sent her a frog emoji. <laughs> so uh, we're still waiting, but she's great. She sent us a design of what it's going to look like. Really excited. She was a recommendation by Jen, our previous artist. So I know she's going to do an absolutely awesome job of her first piece. Even if her first was like, hey, welcome to Drawing for Shonen Flop. Your first piece is you drawing this incredibly shitty looking cat on purpose. How dare you? I would be honored to draw Gomez's face. How dare you, David? I wouldn't have been surprised <laughs> if she said, I'll draw Gomez for free. <laughs> just kidding. We pay our artists here, not just an exposure. <laughs> I like to think of myself as an artist now that you mention it. We're all artists. Speaking though of though, I would also like to thank Nigel for being our generous art benefactor. I really can't believe it's been like over 20 episodes and he pays for this terrific cover art. Well, Nigel's wonderful, yeah. I also want to give thanks to Tucker for assistance with pronunciation, translation, and other miscellaneous research. Be sure to check out Shonen Flop Gaiden, his companion series, which goes into further detail on each of the series we'll cover here on Shonen Flop, which comes out two days after this episode's release. And this time it's about mystery topic. Dun dun dun. And you can find that exclusively on our YouTube channel. And also I want to thank Miriam Colin Audi for helping with social media. And if you haven't yet, be sure to join the Shonen Flop Discord. Come hang out with us and talk about anime, games, or whatever else you want to talk about. We also have a book club and do regular movie nights. You can find a link to it in our link tree in our bio. And just a reminder, if you've been enjoying the show, please like, rate, review, and share it. It really helps us a ton. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Shonen Flopcast or our website shonenflop.com or you can email us at shonenflop at gmail.com. And we're also on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever else you get your podcast. Podcast. And finally, above all, Brant, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to read. Oh, no, this is a lot of fun. Thank you for asking me. How dare you fucking interrupt me? <laughs> <laughs> but Grant, though, seriously, thank you so much. I'm really glad you got to read a good series. I always feel bad when the guest has to read something terrible. Megan, I'm so sorry that you had to read Phantoms here. So, Grant, though, <laughs> where can they find you and what have you been working on? Oh, you, you thought we were making good time before, <laughs> huh? All right, buckle up. 
right, let me get my Switch and do a Pokemon you, Snap run. Y'all can go, like, take a drink. I don't know if you, you want to, like, walk your dog or whatever. But uh, you can find me personally on, on Twitter at G-E-N underscore Ironicus. That's I-R-O-N-I-C-U-S. And what you'll find there is not only usual social media oversharing, but also me promoting my many, many projects. I mentioned Chip and Ironicus Let's Plays. Those have been running for uh, roughly a dozen years now. We're currently just wrapping up Final Fantasy VII Remake. If you want to go back and catch some of my other favorites, uh, those would include like Metal Gear Solid V, Uncharted 4, The Fight Night Lights Out. The 50 Cent Blood on the Sand Let's Play is a classic. I suppose. Uh... <laughs> Oh yeah, that that was some good stuff. My co-commentator and I also have something a little more in line for people who enjoy this show, Bizarre Podcast Dogs Must Die, where uh, he is sharing JoJo's Bizarre Adventure with me, and we, we're watching it three episodes at a time. In fact, this episode should come out the same day as our first episode on Stardust Crusaders. So we've got a, a backlog of parts one and two waiting for you, and it's the perfect time to jump on as we get to the more familiar routine of stands and our merry band uh, uh, journeying westward to Egypt. You guys are going to have me on there for for like a, a recap episode towards the end. And I was excited because one of the episodes is the one where they just rip off Steven Spielberg's duel movie. <laughs> and I'm very excited to talk about that. There is definitely a lot of issues in part three that part four fixes. Just a heads up. And Josuke just has probably one of the coolest stand abilities of a main character. That's not. Don't, don't spoil it, David. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. <laughs> I didn't say it. I just said it's cool, man. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just uh, but if you're here just because you love stuff about high school, my wife and I do a Riverdale recap podcast called Sex Archie that is a lot of fun. It's one of my favorite <laughs> things that I make. That is currently on hiatus because Riverdale itself is uh, on a mid season break. So, again, great time to, to catch up. They're adults now, they, they did it a, a time skip. Just like an anime. Yeah. Wasn't D&D like a natural like element to the plot where it was like causing <laughs> evil or something? Oh, that was the third season. Yeah. There's a great scene where Jughead has to prove his mettle to be the dungeon master by demanding Cheryl Blossom do a William Tell and fire uh, uh, an arrow at his face because none of the other people who want to be Dungeon Master have the guts to try. Damn. Shout out to Blake, our DM for our campaign, Jordan Iron. So my mom, when she was like uh, very young, she used to read the Archie comics. So I showed her Riverdale once and she was completely baffled. It is a great uh, pastiche of the teen drama genres that were birthed out of teen comedy and romance comics like Archie. It's all coming around circle with a heavy dash of heavy Stephen King influence honestly. <laughs> also, my wife and I make another show called History Honeys, where we teach each other about fun topics in the past, things as disparate as the life and times of Count Dante, the deadliest man in the world, and a lot of shipwrecks, a lot of strikes in labor history, and a lot of just goofy characters, especially in the 1800s, which is when nothing was apparently illegal. <laughs> Freud's conclusions make more sense when you realize that he was just constantly taking cocaine because nobody knew it was bad for him. <laughs> But we're done talking about Stephen King. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember when I got the duel confused with Maximum Overdrive, Jordan, when I thought you said Stephen King instead of Steven Spielberg? <laughs> yeah. 
I also make, uh, or I'm part of making Six Feets Under an actual play show. One of the roles I take on that show is running our long-running Mouse Guard campaign, which is approaching its conclusion, which is very exciting. This is years of work that we've put into uh, making this story, and it's coming together so well. I'm so proud of it. We have a mix of just one-shot episodes. Uh, we have another one coming soon, but also like a mid-length miniseries like our Monster Hearts 2 campaign, which is another one of the things I'm proudest of making in my whole like internet content career <laughs> i want to say thank you so much to david for editing one of you guys hadn't shown up it would have made my life a lot easier to edit you talk to me i talk back if only the people here didn't talk it would be so easy to edit <laughs> <laughs> oh but speaking of some people that talk let me turn it to some general shout outs so the first shout i want to give is to dice casters if anyone's interested in tabletop role-playing games so unfortunately none of us play <laughs> they have a show that's a range of games that has something for everyone they're playing pathfinder 2e starfinder and even DD 5th edition find them at dicecasters.squarespace.com damn they got squarespace money they must be doing really well the next one is anime out of context this is a really awesome show we are actually going to have one of the hosts sean on the show sometime in june so very excited if you like our show you will love their show it is about essentially sean having his friend remington watch anime remington doesn't really like anime and it's just kind of sean talking and being like what do you think and remington hates about 80 percent of it <laughs> <laughs> i was listening to the jujutsu kaisen episode where they just kept calling it a naruto ripoff which is kind of true naruto pastiche almost in that it's better than Naruto, is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's a deconstruction of Naruto, but it's a lot of fun. I'm really excited to have Sean on the show, and you can find them at animeoutofcontext.podbeam.com. Next, I want to give a shout out to the Words of Heart podcast. If you need some encouragement during the season, listen to their podcast. It is the perfect solution to all your issues, and you can find them at podpage.com slash words dash of dash heart. And finally, I want to run a promo for the Nerd Alternative. Hassan, if you're listening, you are definitely one of my favorite people people in podcasting i'm so glad when i think about how this adventure being a podcast for a year you're definitely someone that really stands out as someone that i never would have met if i wasn't doing podcasting you were absolutely fantastic on our double arts episode i know you're on vampires soon oh uh, yeah i actually wanted to throw in a little uh plug for that when when you're ready <laughs> okay sure buddy but anyway so you should go check out the nerd alternative i'm playing their promo now looking for a podcast all about nerddom want a podcast with an emphasis on representation the nerd alternative is the podcast for you join me ram me hassan and me levi three black british nerds tackling the pop culture we love and sharing why we love them the nerd alternative a sweet melting pot of all things nerdy i'm reviving my old podcast called uh, mission ignition now grant are you familiar with the TV show from the 90s called Vampires. That's V-A-N-P-I-R-E-S. No, no, because I like to hang out and smoke behind the school and, and I, I touched a boob once. <laughs> Whoa. I don't believe that. Does your wife know? <laughs> Vampires was an awful and difficult to describe tv show that nobody remembers except me like half of it looked like the live action parts from power rangers and the other half looked like fucking an awful version of beast wars i preferred the cartoon parts of power rangers <laughs> the american shot parts of 
Power Rangers is what I really meant. Yeah, you're right, though. I guess it is all live action. (laughs) (laughs) I have a theory that I've now fully believed that one of the characters is actually Gary Oldman in an uncredited role in sunglasses and a wig, like a bad bad disguise. We just recorded the fourth episode with Hassan from uh, The Nerd Alternative, and it was great. So yeah, check that out. It's called Mission Ignition. You can find us on Twitter at B the V, at B E T H E V E E. And you can just find Mission Ignition on uh, most of the podcatchers. I'm going to try to get it back on Spotify. There was some issue there, but I'll work on that. You should be able to get it anywhere. Thank you so much for joining us today. This has been David. This has been Jordan. And my name's Grant. <laughs> wild card. <laughs> I'm a wild card. And you've been listening to Shonen Flop. Keep on flopping, floppers. Mm-hmm.